All right, let's get into the Word of God this morning. Daniel chapter 6, we're going to have it up here if you don't have your Bibles on the screens for you. We're going to start in verse 16. Now, this is a pretty famous story that many of you have might have heard a little bit of over the years or maybe back when you were in Sunday school. But today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring a, a little bit different perspective on this passage of Scripture to you and to me that I believe is one of the things that can trip us up as followers of Jesus more than anything else. And so we're going to read this Scripture together, and then we're going to break it down, starting Daniel chapter 6, verse 16. So the king gave the order. Now, we're already at the place where uh, the king had been tricked by some of his other fellow advisors that are uh, coming against Daniel. They see that Daniel is an exemplary man of God, and he has favor with the king. And some of Daniel's enemies, the um, magicians and astrologers and, and the leading officials in Babylon, they don't like seeing Daniel and his friends getting the favor of the king and getting promoted. And so what they do is they, they come to the king with an idea and as we're going to see later, they can't find any fault with Daniel, but they know if they try to do something to stop him from praying to his God, that will probably work because he's a man of prayer. And so they trick the king into issuing a decree that anybody that doesn't pray to the king and to the Babylonian gods must get uh, executed. And the way that they were going to execute him was throw him into a den with some lions. And so um, Daniel gets caught praying to his God. <gasps> How terrible. And um, he, he's about to get thrown into the lion's den. That's where we pick up the story. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. And a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Turn to your neighbor and say, my situation is about to change. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment brought to him, and he could not sleep. And at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions. And Daniel answered, May the king live forever. May God, my God, sent his angel and shut the mouths of lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. And the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm coming out of the den. And as Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Because he had trusted in his God. The title of my message to you this morning is Shutting the Mouths of Lions. Shutting the mouths of lions. Now, you remember not too long ago, it seems like a distant memory now, but there wasn't a time too long ago where we couldn't do this here. We couldn't meet together. We were shut in at home per the governor's orders, per the fear of everything that's happening with the pandemic and coronavirus and, 
And I understand this is a, a real virus, but I think probably the most detrimental thing about this virus may or may not be the virus itself, but rather the fear and the anxiety and the stress and what it has kept people from living the life that God had planned for them. One of the greatest tactics of the enemy is using fear to hold us back from the life that God has for you and for me. In fact, there's a scripture in 1 Peter 5.8 that says this, be alert, be sober-minded. In other words, hey, people, wake up. You have to understand something. We don't need to be afraid that we have this adversary. It says this, your enemy, in some scriptures it says your adversary, the devil prowls around like, like, keyword, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, you remember um, back when we were shut up at home, I think Netflix and some of the streaming services just exploded because after all, we're stuck at home and we can't go out and there's no movies and there's nothing. So we stayed at home and one of the movies that became, or I'm sorry, one of the series that became popular was this series called The Tiger King. The Tiger King. Now, I don't necessarily recommend you go and watch The Tiger King. And personally, I didn't watch it myself, but I heard a lot about it. I was getting my hair cut by my, my hair guy, and uh, I was telling him, so, hey, what, what's some good series you watch? And he's like, oh, bro, you got to watch The Tiger King. It's amazing. And I'm like, okay, tell me a little bit about it. And he tells me the premise of this whole story. It's this guy who um, he got some lions and tigers together when they were little, you know, babies. I guess you call them pups. And, uh, and they're, when they're all cute and they're cuddly and he would charge people. He created like this zoo on his property in his own backyard and he would charge. So, and so this became like a craze after a while. Celebrities found out about this zoo that this guy had in his backyard and celebrities would pay a lot of money to come and to mess around with these little baby tigers and some of them even bigger tigers that they've been tamed and everything. And so they're messing around, playing, getting pictures, putting them on Instagram. And this became so popular that it caught the attention of authorities and eventually he got shut down. I think personally, one of the greatest weapons that our adversary, the devil, will use against us is our thought life, is the things that we think day in, day out. I think, like the Tiger King, many of us, we can entertain little thoughts just like when those little tigers are little and they're cute and they're cuddly, we could play around with them and they might nibble on our hand a little bit and we might laugh it off. Um, but what you feed eventually gets bigger and as those lions get bigger, they will at some point devour you. In fact, there were several accidents that happened in this zoo where guys lost limbs and tigers turned on them and attacked them because you can't tame something that was meant to harm you. You can't. You have to take the, you have to take, you have to shut the mouths of the lions. And I've seen in my life, think about it, every single day, I guarantee you, even this morning when you woke up, when your feet hit the ground, the lions start roaring at you. They're, they're waiting. They're wait now, we may never find ourselves in a dark dungeon surrounded by lions, but every single day we find ourselves surrounded by the lions that are trying to come against us with our thoughts. 
and come against the very things of God. Look at in Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, back-channeling from the story we just read, how Daniel got in the lion's den. It says this, Then Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and the satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. I love that word, extraordinary spirit. Do you, I wanna, I felt like God told me to remind you this morning that you possess an extraordinary spirit. That God, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have surrendered your life to him, you have the very spirit of the living God alive in you this morning. It is like we said last week, a fountain of living water that is in you that you can tap into at any moment. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we have an extraordinary spirit, just like Daniel in the Old Testament, now in the New Testament, Jesus himself said, I am going to the Father and I'm gonna give you the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he is gonna live in you and be with you. And we have this extraordinary spirit, but that spirit is, there's an adversary that is gonna come against that spirit in you. And it says that, and the king planned to appoint him over the kingdom. Can I tell you a secret this morning? There are promotions that God has for you spiritually that the enemy doesn't want you to tap into. He doesn't want you to step into and he will do everything within his power to keep you from the spiritual promotions that God has for you. Even today, you won the battle because I guarantee you some of those roaring lions told you, ah, don't go to church today. Don't watch church online. Just stay home. Just go out fishing, go camping, have a good time. You don't need to go to church. It's okay. Those roaring lions, sometimes they, they're all cuddly. They'll even feed you nice thoughts, happy thoughts, anything that they can do. You, we're going to see the number one ploy of the enemy is to do everything in his power to pull you away from God's presence, to pull you away from the place of prayer, to pull you away from the place of intimacy, the intimate, personal relationship that God longs to have with you and longs to have with me. But there are spiritual promotions that God wants to lift you up into that the enemy is gonna come against. And it says this, then the commissioners in verse four and satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs, but they could find no ground of accusation or evidence or corruption inasmuch he was faithful and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. One of the greatest ways that the lions, the like lions, I call them, will roar at you is they will come against you with accusing spirits. The Bible says in Revelation that the enemy, our adversary, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion, he is the accuser of the brethren. He's the one, and so this is how it works. You'll get up in the morning, and the lions will start roaring, and they'll start feeding you thoughts. Before you can even crack open your Bible, they'll remind you of the sin that you committed yesterday. How could you do that? How can you even read the Bible? How can you call yourself a Christian? They'll start reminding you of what a deadbeat dad you are, or what a terrible wife or a mom you are, or how you have failed God and you failed people and you fail and you are a failure because you failed so much. 
and you'll get up and before you even know it, you'll be so defeated, you'll be so devoured by the enemy of your soul that you would even, you would even get in God's presence, you wouldn't even read your Bible because how could you read the Bible? I've got so much to do. He'll remind you of all the things that you have to do and he'll distract you with Instagram and social media and try to pull you away and before you know it, you're so confused, you don't even know who you are, you don't remember who you are, you don't even remember anymore that you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God and that it's not on you, but Jesus paid the price for my sin. And even though I might have sinned yesterday, I could come before the Father and he can forgive me and he can wash me clean in the blood of the Lamb. And I am righteous before God. I stand before him faultless because of what Jesus did. Not what I do, but what Jesus did. John 10.10, Jesus was trying to remind us of this this war, this tug of war for our soul. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, oh, people of God this morning. Oh, but I have come. I have come. I have come. I have come that they may have life and not just any life. I've come that they may have life to the full. I may come that you don't just limp into church and drag yourself into church, wounded, jacked up, messed up, but that you may walk through these doors full of the life that God has for you, full of his peace, full of his joy, full of the confidence to know that my God reigns. And because he reigns, I live. (laughs) And so we feel this tension every single day of the enemy trying to pull you away from your relationship. I think it's interesting how we've seen over the course of this message series in the book of Daniel, time after time after time, their adversaries, even though they were held captive in Babylon, they were the most free people there because they were free on the inside. They didn't let the things that were surrounding them change them and twist them and devour them. In fact, so much that They keep getting tested. It's kind of funny, as you read the book of Daniel, you feel like, man, haven't I heard? It's different story, but same theme. It's the reoccurring theme. They're trying to get them to sin. They're trying to get them to pull away from their relation, personal relationship to God. They're trying to change them. They're trying to do a Romans 12 too, trying to conform them to the pattern of their world so that they won't be changed into what God wants to do by the transformation of what? Your mind, the way that God changes you is he changes the way you think and your enemy knows that. So he's going to throw everything he can at you and the kitchen sink to try to pull you away from the truth of God and who you are. Because he knows the place of prayer is where that happens. The place of prayer is the highest place. It's the place where our relationship with God is developed. It's the place where not only do I go before God and give him my request as Daniel did and we saw that God delivered him out of the hand, but the place of prayer is where God speaks to you. He speaks truth to your heart. He gives life to you. He speaks truth to you that comes to life inside of you like a seed planted deep within your spirit that as you water it and the Holy Spirit waters it, it comes to life inside you and brings life to you every single day. And so, What I want to remind you of this morning and my first point is you have to make your personal relationship with God your highest priority and your highest pursuit. I'm going to say that again. It sounds so simple. 
But I can't tell, tell you right now, you could look at every situation and circumstance in your life where you're not thriving in Christ. See, God's plan, we just read it, John 10, 10, God's plan for you and me is that we would thrive in life, that we would thrive in Babylon, that even though we're surrounded by lions, that we could stand strong in our faith, untouched, unharmed, and thriving in joy and peace. And that just messes with our minds. But that place of prayer, look at Daniel 6.10. You want to know where Daniel, what the source of Daniel's strength was? The source of Daniel's strength was he made his personal relationship with God, his highest priority and his highest pursuit. I use those two words intentionally. Because sometimes I think our priorities in our life are out of whack. We say we love God, we come and we worship God, but look at our life, look at, look at what we give our life to. Look at what keeps us busy, look at what keeps us distracted. There's so many things, so many like lions out there roaring for your attention, roaring to pull you away, drawing you in. And once it sucks you in, he wants to feed you the lies of the enemy. Man, I looked at, uh, there's this guy, a young man, shoot, I forget his name now, but he was, he was on, he was actually spoke at the RNC. This young man went to Catholic high school and he went out to the Lincoln Memorial and he had this hat on and, and these um, protesters were engaging him, getting in his face and, and just like messing with him completely. And he didn't get, one moment he spoke to this guy and cameras caught it. And then they put it on the news media and they tried to twist the story to make it look like he was the antagonist. He actually sued CNN and some of the media's won $25 million because they tried to twist what was the truth and give a perception of what was true when it's not. This is exactly what, if we give ourselves and let the like lions pull us away into this world, it will feed you lies that will mess you up. One of the words for Babylon is confusion. Too many Christians are confused. What is the truth? What should I believe? Because we're listening to the lions, the like lions out there and not enough of the word of God in here, in God's house, in the house of prayer, in the place. And Daniel was a man that was committed to make his personal relationship with God his highest priority and his highest pursuit. See, God pursues us, but we need to pursue him back. Like, we can't just expect to come to church once a week and pursue God for an hour and a half and go home and think the rest of my week is going to be fine. No, you will get eaten alive by the like lions in your life. You will get eaten and devoured and chewed up and spit out. And too many of us are. Too many of us, every single day, we're buying into the lies and we're confused. What's the truth? Daniel knew the truth because he was committed to his personal relationship. Look, Daniel 6, 10. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, his life is on the line. All he has to do is not pray. Come on, nobody's even gonna see it. For you, for me, let's be honest. How many of us would have been like, Man, I'll pray in my closet. I'm going to place, pray somewhere where nobody sees me. And I'll just, you know, kind of wiggle my way out of this thing and save my life. But not Daniel. He trusted in his God enough. It says this. Now, when Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home. Look at, to his upstairs room. His upstairs room. That's the highest room. 
That's the highest place. It reminds me on the day of Pentecost. They went to the upper room. The upper room is the place of prayer. The upper room is the place of where God's impartation of power is imparted into your life. You don't get that kind of relationship. You don't get that kind of strength. You don't get that kind of grace. You don't get that kind of power from any other room. You don't go down to the basement, to the den with the like lions. You go to the upstairs room. I'm going to the upstairs room, the place of prayer, and where the windows were open to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was where the temple was at. I believe it was because Daniel wanted to remind himself of what happened back home. In that place, the temple was a place of sacrifice. The temple was a place of sacrifice. Can I tell you, you're not gonna have, right now, the relationship you have with God you have exactly the kind of relationship with God that you want to have. You're as mature in Christ right now as you want to be. Because the priority you put on your personal relationship with God will come out in your life. So many people say, I just want to, New Year's happens. Oh, here's my resolutions. I want to be closer to God. I want to read the Bible more. I want to spend more time with him. How's that working out for you? Oh, Pastor Lance, I wanted to read. I wanted to read that. I wanted to serve in church, but we're just so busy. We're camping. We're doing fishing. Those are wonderful things. Those are good things. God wants you to enjoy your life. But when it starts to take away from the highest priority of your personal relationship with God, that's when it's a problem. A good thing becomes a God thing. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he'd done before. He's like, this isn't gonna stop me. I'm gonna get down on my three times a day. Daniel was a busy guy. He was an upper echelon of leadership in Babylon. Don't think for a minute that he had all this time that he was sitting there picking cherries out of a tree. No, he made time. Listen, you're never gonna have the kind of relationship with God that he wants for you and that you want with him unless you make time in your life for it. And what that means is some of you, you're gonna have to cut some things out of your life. You're going to have to look at your life, look at your calendar. What are the lions that have been pulling you away from the presence of God, from that place of prayer, from that upper room where God's presence and power just gets imparted to you and the truth of God reminds you of who you are and what God has called you to. And the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den and the king said, Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually. It's not so like, yeah, I pray occasionally, no, he prayed continually. It reminds me of what Paul said. I pray continually. Now, this doesn't mean maybe you're not locked up in your room for hours praying, but it can mean that you pray throughout your day, that you make it a priority, that when you're feeling stressed, when something happens, that you excuse yourself, you go for a walk, you go, man, I've sat on the top of toilets and prayed before just because I gotta get, I gotta get into a place of prayer. I know it. Something, the lions are, are tearing at me. They're pulling at me. I'm in a place where, man, I've got to notice what Daniel did when he prayed. It said that he gave thanks to God. He gave thanks to God. You want to know what will pull you out of the roar of a lion? Just like that, start praising God. 
Start praising God. Start reminding yourself of all you've got to be thankful for. God, thank you for your life. Thank you that even though today I feel depressed, thank you that I feel anxious, thank you that I feel vexed in my spirit. God, I know that you've got something greater for me. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy and the roars of the like lion. I'm going to stand firm on the truth of your word today to know that I am your chosen son. You've got something greater for me. I may not be experiencing it right now, but I know that you've got something greater. You got something greater. The second thing that we need to do to shut the mouths of lions is we need to use the word of God as a weapon. We got to use the word of God as a weapon. It's interesting in Ephesians chapter 6 when Paul talks about this every single day we're, we're bombarded. We are bombarded. You wake up in the morning, you go throughout your day. Right now, there are things that even the enemy is trying to feed you. The like lions are trying to roar in your mind and tell you things. I love what um, Martin Luther said. He said, you can let birds fly over your head, just don't let them nest in your head, (laughs) your hair. And I think that's so true about our thought life. Constantly, where thoughts are coming at us, the key is you can't let them, like, They can't take root in your heart. You can't let them in your soul. You can't stop, start believing them. And the way that we combat those lies is we we use the word as a weapon. The word of God is your great, it's the only thing in Ephesians 6 when Paul talks about putting on the full armor of God to protect yourself from all the schemes of the like lions in your life. The only offensive thing is the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit, which he says is the word of God. Now we're going to look at um, what happens when we allow things in our life in Matthew 13, 22. Look at this. And the one whom the seed, this is the parable of the seed and the sower, and the one who the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word of God, but the worries and distractions of the world and the deceitfulness, the superficial pleasures and delight of riches choke the word and it yields no fruit. Some of us, we've allowed too many things in our life that God speaks something to you. And some of you, the Holy Spirit, I even pray that the Holy Spirit will remind some of you some of the words that God has spoken to you. And it will choke that if we don't steward, you gotta steward the word of God. You gotta care for it, you gotta water it, you gotta protect the word of God in your life. Otherwise, this world, the cares of this world, the busyness of life, It will choke it out, squeeze the very life out of it that God has for you and has for me. And so the second thing that that the enemy does to try to come at the like lions will come at you and me with is doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. And the way we fight those lions and shut the mouth of doubt and unbelief is we use the word of God as a weapon. We use it, look at Romans, but here's the problem. For many of us, we have gotten confused over what's the truth, and it's going to get worse. Romans 1 is a picture of what is to come as the end draws near, and it says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who was forever praised. Amen. For many of us, this is exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take the truth of God and he wants to distort it, twist it, 
And he wants to exchange the truth of who you are, who God is, the truth about your situation, and he wants to exchange it. It's like, you know, when you go to a gift exchange, he's going to take that good gift away from you and give you something, I don't know, you can't even use, like a weird back scratcher, a monkey back scratcher that we gave somebody at our Christmas party, like something like that. And he wants to take the good gift and he wants to exchange it with one of his lies. Now, this is nothing new. We should be aware. Paul says, or Peter says, we should be aware. Now, we don't want to fear the enemy, but we need to be aware of him. We need to be sober-minded. We need to be aware of what he is doing. Look at This is the same tactic he used from the very beginning. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say... Did God really say, just like you're going to leave here in 20 minutes and, and the, the like lion is going to come at you and say, oh, did God really say that? Did he really? Did he really call you to be a part of that ministry? Did he really tell you he's going to heal your marriage? Did he really tell you he's going to take care of your kids, even though you're really worried about them starting school and, and, and this pandemic? Did God really say that he's going to bless you financially if you would be faithful to give to him? I just gave a tithe and now I'm worried. Maybe I should stop that check because I'm not sure how I'm going to pay the bills. Did God really say that if we will honor him with our money, that he will press down, shaken together, overflow, a blessing to us, poured out of heaven, if we will honor him first? Did God really say? Where in your life is the like lion questioning, did God really say right now? Come on, there's some of you that walked in with, did God really say? And we'll twist the truth just a little bit. See, he just edits out just a little bit. You ever been somewhere where cell phone service is, is a little sketchy? I, there's times like where like your wife calls you and it's like you can hear every other word. It's broken up. And so you think she said, um, you stop at the grocery store and pick up some milk and you bring it home. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, it's milk. You told me to pick up milk for you. And she's like, no, that's not what I said. I told you to pick up Mikey from football practice, not stop and get some milk. And you're like, oh my gosh, what? This is exactly what the enemy does to us. He tries to break up the reception from you hearing the voice of God and distorting and editing out the truth of God's word and exchanging the truth of God for lies that over time, as we slowly believe those lies, they devour us. So this is an important truth that you need to understand this morning. The voices we listen to determine the truth that we believe. The voices we listen to determine the truth that we believe. What are the voices that you've been listening to most in your life? That's the truth that you believe. Now look it. I want to show you how Jesus, the second Adam, combated the distortion and the like lions. Watch what he did. Now when he was tested, let me set this up for you. If you guys put that scripture in Matthew up. He just got affirmed 
that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. God empowered by the Holy Spirit. He got his heavenly promotion just like Daniel was about to do. You need to understand some of you, the enemy has been coming at you and what you need to realize is God has a promotion for you that he doesn't want you to step into. He doesn't want you to tap into, but the enemy knows the promotion and so he'll do whatever he can. He knows that you're on the verge of a breakthrough. He knows that you're on the verge of beating that addiction. He knows you're on the verge of your marriage getting healed. He knows it. So he's going to stop you from doing everything he can to get you to living waters. He's going to do everything that he can to keep you bound in the pain of your past and the hurts and the wounds that were inflicted upon you and try to lie to you and make you believe that you deserved it and somehow you're not worthy enough for God to love you and God isn't for you. He's against you. I can't even sing that song that we sang earlier because God is not for me. He's against me. Daniel, he could have said, where is God? He let me get put in the lion's den. See, God will allow you to go into some dark places, but he'll shut the mouth of a lion and keep you from being devoured. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Oh, he says, come on, sit down. I'm gonna prepare a table. I'm gonna prepare a feast in the presence of your enemies. And none of them are gonna touch you when you're in my presence. I want you to rest in my presence. Rest in that place of prayer knowing that I've got you. I'm the good shepherd. No harm's gonna come to with you because I am with you. And Jesus being tempted and tested for 40 days in the wilderness, he could have had the same question. God, where are you? It says the tempter came to him and said, look it, if you are the son of God, did God really say? If you are the son of God, you have to understand that the greatest thing that the enemy, the like lions will come against you is your identity, who you really are. He will try to change you just like he did to Daniel and his friends. He'll try to give you a new name. He'll try to stick a label on you. He'll try to keep you stuck in your past and tell you you're a sinner. You're dirty. How could you do that? Look at you. Look at your path. Look at everything. How could you serve in church? You can't sign up to serve. The accuser of the brethren, he came at Jesus. He says, you're hungry. Tell these, bread, these stones to turn to bread. And Jesus answered, and you need to underline this. It is written. That's the word of God. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but what? Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He knew and he yielded the word as a weapon against the enemy. What would it look like if you started memorizing scripture? against the thing that the like lion is coming against you. And every time that like lion tried to come against you and try to pull you out of God's presence and try to lie to you and tell you who you are and what you're not, and what if every time that happened, you came at him with a scripture and said, no, I know who I am in Christ. My Bible says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My Bible says that God knew me in the womb, that I'm not a mistake, that I've got a plan and I've got a purpose and God is gonna see it fulfilled in my life. Come on, is there anybody here this morning that's tired and needs to shut the mouth of the lion? Look at Jeremiah 29, 8, 14. This is so cool, you've gotta get this. You know what gave Daniel the strength to pray, to not be scared? Now, I believe he probably was scared, but he had the courage to face it, his fears. Fear is a t one of the oldest tactics of the enemy. Right now, 
That's one of the like lions in so many believers' lives, that fear is trying to intimidate you and keep you from the very life that God has from you. And the enemy did that to Daniel. But you know what Daniel did? In one of the times, I believe that in the time of prayer, in the time in the upper room, he pulled out the scroll of Jeremiah. Now we have the Bible, we have the book of Jeremiah. Daniel didn't have the Bible, but you know what he did have? He had the scroll from the prophet Jeremiah where God prophesied through the prophet Jeremiah of what would happen to God's people in Babylon. He knew the word and he had the courage to face and shut the mouths of lions. Now he didn't do it, the angel did it, but it was in prayer. We can do it today because we have the authority of Jesus Christ in us, the spirit of very God in us. But what gave him the courage was he knew the word. He knew the word of the Lord. Look at this, Jeremiah, this is the word. This is what Daniel read. I'm gonna read it to you. I want you to listen to this because I believe this is the word of God as we close this morning. That is for some of you. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Some of you need to be reminded of what God has said. Some of you need to go back to prophetic words that God has spoken over your life. Some of you need to go back to words that God has spoken truth to your heart in your personal time of prayer and reading the word of God that God has spoken to you. And you need to remind yourself. Daniel needed to be reminded of the prophetic word of God in his life. And it said this, God says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill what? My good promise. God has some good promises to you that you haven't seen fulfilled yet. But know today that God will fulfill his good promise to do what? To bring you back to this place to bring you back to the place of intimacy with God. And then he goes on to say, for I know the plans that I have for you. Declare, this is a declaration that Daniel held on to in the middle of that dark, dense, stinky lion's den with lions surrounding him and, and roaring at him. And this is how he fought his battle. This is how he fought his battle. He held on to, I know the plans that God has for me. Come on, you gotta make it personal. Plans to prosper me, not harm me. Plans to give me a hope and a future. And look at what he says. Then you will call on me and I will come. You will come and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me when you seek me with all your, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carry you. Come on, for some of you this morning, this is your comeback day. God told me to tell you, this is your comeback day. This is the day that you not only come back into God's presence, but you come back into the plans that God has for you. This is the day that you come back out of captivity and that place where you've been bound and listening to lies and falling for the temptations and the traps of the like lions. Today's the day that you come back out of being devoured. Today's the day that you come back from believing the lies that the enemy has thrown at you. Today's the day that you come back 
to the plans that God has. Today's the day that you come back to the future that God has for you. I'm sorry, Doc Brown, but Jesus has one over on you. He's bringing us back into the future that God has. He's bringing you back. He's bringing you back into the marriage that he wants you to have. He's bringing you back into the relationship with him, that place of intimacy. And you gotta know that when you're in that place, God is there with you. I wanna remind you, no matter where you find yourself this morning, and some of you, I believe, and even watching online, you've been in some dark places. You've been surrounded by some like lions, feeding you lies, trying to pull you away from the truth that God has and the life that God has for you. But you need to know this. Paul also understood this. He told Timothy, he said, listen, I was in trouble, but the Lord stood by my side in 2 Timothy 4, 17 through 18. Some believe that in the lion's den, the angel that was sent to shut the mouths was a Christophany, which means it was actually an appearance of Jesus. And Paul says this, he said, the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me. Come on, some of you need to know this this morning. The Lord will rescue you from every evil attack and will bring you safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever, amen. So come on, I want you to close your eyes. I wanna pray for you. And whether you're watching online or you're here in person, there's some of you, the accuser of the brethren has been keeping you from surrendering your life to Jesus. He's tricked you into believing that you can have a better life apart from God. Trust me, my friend. I've been there, I've tried it. This world and all it has to offer will eat you up, eat you alive, chew you up, spit you out, leave you for dead. Today, you have an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus, to come into his presence, come into that abundant life that he has for you. But it's a decision you need to make. It's a choice that you have. So I wanna ask you, do you wanna make that choice? Do you wanna know for sure when you pass from this life to the next, where you're gonna go? Are you gonna go into the heavenly kingdom or are you gonna be devoured by lions in a place called hell? You can make that choice right now. I want you to pray with me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I surrender my life to you. I ask that you would forgive me from all my sin. Wash me clean. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. I give you the rest of my life choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.